episode nine now. Nine, we're almost at double digits, Chris. As always, Joe Stafford, Chris Matthews, former Seahawk and Raven. Chris, my man, episode nine, what's going on? What's going on, man? How's, it, how's everything going with you? Um, to be honest with you, I'm a Patriots fan, so going pretty shitty right now. It's, it's, it's going pretty shitty right now. I'm, yeah. I'm looking at the deadline. I'm like, Bill Belichick might be a seller. Stephon Gilmore, defensive player of the year, might be out of here. Might be trading Sony Michelle, former Georgia you know, running back star. Mm-hmm. I'm looking all over the place. I'm like, when is this going to happen? He's asking for a lot for Gilmore. So I'm like, maybe that won't come through. And then we finally get a trade alert. I'm like, Chef, do something put something out. I'm like, oh, I'm freaking <laughs> out. And I look at yeah. it. I'm like, is it Will Fuller? Is it Julio Jones? Is it Adam Thielen? No, no. it's uh, it's Isaiah Ford. <laughs> it's, it's Isaiah Ford. And I'm looking at my phone, and I'm like, Bill. I mean, to be fair, that's the most Bill Belichick trade deadline trade of all time. Absolutely. A conditional seventh rounder in two years for an unknown receiver from Miami of all places. It's like, come on, dude. He's he has- probably not even going to play as much. Exactly. It's like, it makes no sense to me. I mean, like, you needed a receiver depth. That made sense to me. But why trade away a seventh-round pick for a guy you're going to cut next year? Mm-hmm. You basically did a Mohamed Sanu trade with less draft capital. That's <laughs> essentially what you did. That's, yeah, that's probably what he was thinking about, the Mohamed Sanu situation. And he was like, you know what? We're going to start off on a better, on a better note. Yeah, we'll but I'm, I'm, I'm actually I'm concerned about Bill Belichick now. Can I tell you why? Because uh, Tom Brady's gone. Well, well, yeah, one, but, <laughs> but, but, but two, um, I, when you look back at his trade history, he really hasn't won a trade in like five years. Like he hasn't. Well, let's, look, let's, look at, let's look, it looks like a Chandler Jones, right? Chandler Jones, I think was a, a second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, you end up taking, I believe it was Jordan Richards with that pick in the second round. The safety was cut three years after yeah. he was a special yeah. teams yeah. bomb was, was not even worth anything. Right. And Chandler Jones went on to lead the league in sacks twice. Out of the mm-hmm. last five years, right? So that's a bust. Jamie Collins to the Cleveland Browns for a third-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. I believe you traded down twice and picked a kind of scrub like you always do. And then mm-hmm. Collins had a Pro Bowl season the next year. So that's a bust. Mm-hmm. The biggest one that comes to mind is, is your guy, Jimmy GQ, Jimmy Garoppolo, for a second-round mm-hmm. pick. We turned down a first-round pick from Cleveland for, for Jimmy Garoppolo. And yeah. then, then he goes on to say, or at least it, it, the, the story goes here, Belichick goes to Kraft and says, hey, I'm trading Tom Brady to San Francisco because it, it, it turns out that uh, John Lynch asked for Brady first because he mm-hmm. figured they want to keep on the Garoppolo, which Belichick did want to do. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Robert Kraft looks at him and says, you're, not, you're out of your fucking mind. You're not trading the greatest <laughs> player of all time. Not trading my best friend. Exactly. And then so Belichick says, fine, out of spite, trades him to San Francisco Garoppolo instead for a second-round pick, turning away a first-round pick that could have been an impactful player for us down the road here. Mm-hmm. Just those three alone, and not even to mention Mohamed Snu, we already brought that up, a second-round pick for an absolute scrub who's yeah. out of the league right now, who's bounced around from team to team, three teams this season. He's, already, he's, he's, out, of, he's out of a job. Well, he's hurt. he was hurt. He, he was, was hurt, hurt, but he was he's also still out of a job. To be fair, he, 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 he's a scrub. He was hurt. I think he visited Detroit as well after he got cut from San Francisco. We didn't sign him, and I think he visited Green Bay at one point as well, and that didn't work out for him. Either. So either way, still a loss in New England, no matter what Sanu yeah. does anyway. Yeah. And look at that. It's like, is Bill Belichick on the hot seat? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't yeah. say so yet. Hell no. I wouldn't, but, I wouldn't say that as well because it, that's just what he does. That's a part of his. That's a part of his game, and it's been working. It was successful for him because he had, you know, arguably one of the best uh, players. Stop you know, your eye rolling. 
Stop it. You're like, oh, or he could be one of the great. He is the greatest, Chris. Come no, on. He's not. No, he's not. All right, we're doing a poll. Actually, so, so shout out to everybody else who's listening <laughs> to the podcast because we have some exciting news. Me and Chris haven't made the official decision yet, but we are going to hire a media intern to help us launch our official Twitter and Instagram pages to give you guys even more content. We'll let you know on that as we kind of go along here. But we have a couple of exciting candidates that have some significant experience in the sports media market already. They're motivated and they're excited to work with us. So keep your eye on the horizon. We will hire someone within the next week or so. So keep your eye on hit that. My, hit my line. Yeah, hit, hit Chris's line. line. I'm not important. Hit the, hit the famous one. Hit that one. Yeah. Indeed. I'll, I'll check it out. Exactly. Exactly. So before we move on to the games here, I want to just go over a quick deadline thing. So we talked about Isaiah Ford. And obviously, that's just not important at all. Like, he's not, he's not going to do anything. A seventh-round pick in two years is not going to do anything. So, let's move on from there. The, um, the Chiefs actually traded for a running back, or the Dolphins traded for a running back from the Chiefs, I should say. The Miami yes. Dolphins have acquired DeAndre Washington from the Chiefs in exchange for draft compensation. That's a no-brainer for both, for both teams. Miles Gaskin gets hurt from Miami. They need an extra running back, an extra body in that stable. And the Chiefs obviously just signed. Le'Veon Bell, the bona fide superstar running mm-hmm. back, to pair with their young rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. No brand for both teams. It was a good trade for both. Nothing really to talk about with that. Yeah, absolutely. That was a good. Uh, it was a good one for both sides. I, I just, I just really think that, um, you know, just having Le'Veon Bell over there uh, grooming uh, Hilaire um, is going to is going to be good. You know, because despite what you, you know, despite what you may think about. Uh, Bell and his off the field antics with his rapping and stuff, which I actually listened to a couple of them. They're pretty cool, but um, he's a hard worker, and you, you see it day in and day out on his. Uh, you know, during the off season, he posts up his videos. I, I follow him and I watch him. Um, he's on the field every day, and he's giving it up, throwing up every two minutes. He's a good hard worker, and I think that's going to rub off on uh, 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 Clyde Edwards. Who do you think's a better rapper, Damian Lillard or uh, Le'Veon Bell? Uh, Le'Veon Bell. Really? Yeah, I'll go with Le'Veon. I like the little, I like the little bounce, you know, the little club hop. You know, we haven't been, we haven't been able to go out. You right. know, you can see it. You can see it on me right now. <laughs> I haven't been able to go out and hang out with my boys or anything, you know. But you know, that's the kind of rap. You know, that's some of the rap that I like to listen to right now. I think it's the pandemic that's that's skewing my mind right now. Yeah, I'm rolling with Dame Doll on that one. But speaking of clubs, New Hampshire's wide open. I went to a nightclub last week. It was awesome. My school fraternity rented it out, so really? the entire school went. It was crazy. It was a Halloween party. It was just insane. It was crazy. Probably have COVID, but you know, probably worked. Yeah, it was. I I did not have my mask on. I have to say. <laughs> I mean, like, if I went as a greaser, like, what greaser would wear a mask? Like, just think about that. Like, I, 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 if I'm saying, whatever. Anyway, back to the trade deadline, the important <laughs> shit. Why are we talking about this? Like, we got so off topic already. We're five minutes in. Anyway, here, the 49ers have acquired Quan Alexander uh, or have traded Quan Alexander to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for Kiko Alonso and some draft compensation. I'm assuming it's a fifth rounder less, probably a sixth or seventh rounder. Um, the 49ers hate – I think the 49ers hate to make this move in general because Quan Alexander was a coveted free agent just a couple years ago, and now you have to trade him. Uh, a lot of injuries obviously have plagued the Niners this year, and that might be part of the reason why. And the Saints want to at least contend with the Bucs in that NFC South division. They get a superstar linebacker. And I guess the 49ers are hoping Kiko Alonso can stay healthy. I guess that's, that's the only saving grace here. But what was your impression of this trade? 
I mean, I think it was a, I think it was a solid run. You know, it happens. It's a part of the game. Injuries happen, and I'm pretty sure they wanted to. You know, I'm pretty sure they wanted to keep him. But you know, with all the injuries that's going on, you know, you have to make you have to be able to make some moves just to help out the team because you know ultimately it's about the greater you know the the, the, the whole team, not one player. And so, uh, I mean, I think it was a good trade. You know, we're gonna miss him, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Definitely. And before we move on to anything else here, I want to talk about three guys. Actually, I'll make it four guys that weren't mm-hmm. traded that should have been or at least rumored to be on the market. Heavily shopped. We don't, got ta- please, don't give me uh, Spike's, uh, Spike's uh, list. I'm not giving Spike's list. Oh, okay. okay. I'm my own man, Chris. How, <laughs> I I'm need my some legal stuff going on right now. Don't worry about that. We'll talk about that later. I'll, I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it up on actually. I'll bring it up on Boss's Big Three. Actually, speaking of which, do you want to come on an episode? We need to have you make your debut on on the actual yeah, Boss's Big Three. Let's get you on that this week or something. But anyway, the four guys I was referring to: first guy, Tack McKinley, who mm-hmm. then roasted himself on Twitter, like like he he, he was like uh, they turned down a first round pick for me last year when I asked for a trade. Then they turned down a fifth and a fourth when you asked for a trade this year. I only had eighteen career sacks. Like, wait, are you trashing yourself to get off the team? Is that what you're doing? That, you're tagging your own that's stock? What it, that's what it looks like. I don't. I'm. I don't know if it's gonna work for him at at any point. You know, coming soon. But uh, shoot, you know, that's an agent thing. That's what that looks like to me. It looks okay. like an agent thing. He's like, hey man, I just need you to cause a little bit of ruckus, and we'll get you up out of there. I mean, I mean, I could definitely see that, but I just think the memes are incoming for Tack McKinley. If he like, yeah, if he if, if he like, say he turns it around, right, becomes a superstar in the NFL, star edge mm-hmm. rusher, he was drafted to be, then he loses a big playoff game. Someone's gonna put that on Twitter like immediately. The memes like he's like, I suck at football. It's like okay, Absolutely. you set yourself up. up. It's never gonna show up, and he's gonna continue to actually suck. We cut that. That's true. It's a lose lose, really. If you think about it. <laughs> uh, but anyway, here another guy, John Ross who was vocal about wanting to get out of Cincinnati, has now been forced to finish out his contract with Cincinnati at the end of the year here. I was surprised he didn't get moved, especially considering teams like New England, teams like Green Bay, who wanted a a guy to stretch the field. And Ross fits that bill. Cincinnati has him as like the seventh guy on their depth chart right now. What did you have to lose by trading? I didn't really understand that move from Cincy. Uh, What were your impressions of him not being moved to the deadline? I just think it's the way that he tried to go about it. Uh, you know, when you're when you're being vocal about things like that, and you know that um, teams are much more known for being in house, taking care of in house things. You know, just being able to speak up and be vocal about it. You know, with with the coaches or or, or the GM or somebody like that, instead of going out and you know publicly saying it for everybody to you know to get in everybody's business is not the way to go. So. It kind of looks like a like a punishment type of a thing, but I'm pretty sure it's, he's going to end up going somewhere else pretty soon. Uh, I thought for sure, if anything, that Green Bay would have tried to pick him up because they need some help bad mm-hmm. on, the, on the on the offensive end. Definitely. And I really can't think of a worse punishment than being forced to stay in Cincinnati. So that's a pretty <laughs> – the punishment fits the crime. I'm just saying. I'm just yeah, saying. absolutely. And you bring up the Packers. It's interesting you bring up the Packers in this specific segment because the guy that was rumored all day, even a couple of days before the deadline, Will mm-hmm. Fuller, Houston Texan receiver, Will yeah. Fuller. We said it a few weeks ago on the show that every Houston Texan receiver was on the market. Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks down the line. And it was rumored during the entire deadline period 
that Green Bay was heavily involved. They were waiting and waiting and waiting to pull the trigger and bring him to Lambeau. Mm-hmm. And it never materialized. There was some rumors going around after the deadline saying there was some miscommunication in the front office. And it was kind of a split front office whether or not it was worth it to bring him in for a presumably one-year rental. Mm-hmm. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I am still so pissed at Green Bay. First of all, you take a, you take a quarterback in the first round without giving him help, right? That's, that's, that's strike one. Maybe even strike two. Might be two strikes right there. And then you, <laughs> and then, then you fail, especially considering the rumors surrounding Will Fuller. Julio Jones, even Adam Thielen, and you fail to get your guy another weapon, if they got any of those three guys to Green Bay, they could be a favorite to win the NFC. Yeah, you lost to Minnesota this week. I think it's a blip. But if you introduce a a dominant receiver next to Devontae Adams with a guy like Alan Lassard in the slot with a solid run game with Aaron Jones, I mean, if if I'm looking at it as a GM standpoint, that's a no-brainer for me. So why do you think Green Bay didn't pull the trigger on Will Fuller? Well, I think it has a lot to do with Houston, to be honest with you. I, like, like I said before in the past, uh, in the past episode, um, I just think that it was something that, you know, they were just trying to light a fire under their ass, to be honest with you, and, uh, you know, get them to step up a little bit more for Deshaun Watson out there who's slinging those balls for him. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it actually worked because they've been, they've been picking it up. Uh, especially Randall Cobb out there, you know, he's questionable right now for the, this week's game coming up, but uh, he's definitely been the leading, you know, the leading receiver so far in, the, in these past couple games. So I, I just think that it was just a ploy just to get him going and Green Bay, you know, tried to, uh, you know, thought they was going to be able to step in and snatch up a, a, actually a really good receiver in Will Fuller. Um, but, you know, it just didn't turn, it just didn't turn out that way. That wasn't their actual plans. I feel like every time, every episode we have, we find a way to sneak in Randall Cobb's name. Like even even if he's injured, we always find a way to sneak it in. That's that's my guy right there, number one <laughs> guest, Stafford and Matthews. Final guy on the trade deadline I want to talk about that didn't get moved was Stephon Gilmore, New England Patriots uh, cornerback here, the reigning Defensive Player of the Year. The Patriots were asking for a first round and a player. That's a very high ask, but do you think? teams were scared off by the price or by the fact that Gilmore has so few years left on his deal? Uh, I think it's more so on the few years left for me. That's what I will be looking for. Um, you know, I want, I want somebody that's a little bit more youthful um, that's going to be able to become what Stefan Gilmore is instead of already having him at his peak where it's so high where you're not necessarily you know you know trying to exceed expectations and you know a lot of teams is looking for that they need players that's going to go out there and do more than what is asked for and honestly you know I might get killed for this but Stefan Gilmore kind of seems like a role player to me to be honest with you, like he, he just had things working for him um, in the past, and which is why he got defensive player of the year. But uh, I think it's just more of the system, you know. You know, and, and no, I don't think I don't think that would have been a good move for anybody who was looking for uh, a player of his caliber at that age. I'll defend Gilmore in that aspect because New England defense has just been horrific. They've been shredded all year. They, can't, they don't have a pass rush. They, don't, they can't stop the run. And it's hard to do your job when the rest of your team isn't doing theirs. 
It's not. It's, yeah, it's, but, it's not one on eleven. It's eleven on eleven. But, but the pass game, they're they're locked down on the pass game. Every they game have on the, they have two or three, uh, one or two picks a game. Yeah. So that that's that's what he's there for. As he's a DB, he's not there to tackle. He's out there to lock people down and get picks, and that's what he's getting. So I see it. You know, what I'm saying I I feel like he's just. You know, I'm glad he's still there with the Patriots. Um, and just try something new. But now. If I th- honestly, honestly, out of everybody, if Julio, I mean, not Julio, um, Odell Beckham was healthy, I could see that happening. Uh, I could definitely see it. The, Br- uh, the Browns probably would have took Stephon Gilmore for him um, just so he can help groom the young, the young youthful players that they have over there who's uh, actually really good. Well, you know, like, De- like Denzel Ward, you know, he's a really good player. A um, couple of other DBs out there that you can, that he could, potentially grow and become what he, you know, what he is right now is a deep as a deep as a stopper. I like that. OBJ for Stefan Gilmore, maybe a pick and ball on either side. That's an interesting kind of d- debate there. I want to put that on our, on our new instance. Actually, this is why we're hiring a social media manager in the first place, because we're going to have you guys be able to vote on this stuff, voice your opinions on what we actually say, not just commenting back on our, on our Spotify or Apple stuff, but actually being able to talk to us and interact with us. We're going to be trying to become more available to you guys. So hopefully you'll be excited for that. All right. We get in the NFL season. Here we go. We're halfway done. Halfway. Wild. Wild. Fantasy. Yeah, you know what? I, I'm on a three-game win streak myself. I'm not doing too bad either. I won with Derek Carr as my quarterback last week. <laughs> I'm feeling real good. I'm feeling yeah, real good. My, my, my bye week for my quarterback is coming up real soon, so I might have to figure it out as well. Who's your quarterback? Patrick Mahomes. Must be nice. <laughs> no, but he's uh, not pick. better. First he's... pick, I went right off the board. I took, took it right off the board. There was no waiting. But he's not. Better than Kyler Murray in fantasy right now. That's all I'll say. Uh, I don't know. I I know. know. I just told you. (laughs) He's better right now. (laughs) Anyway, uh, week eight in the NFL season. We'll start. Let's go with the Falcons-Panthers here. Falcons-Panthers final score 25-17. to Falcons take the W here. And this is the second game in a row, I believe, the Panthers have dropped uh, a game without their star running back, Christian McCaffrey. Was he back this week? I, wasn't, I didn't get to watch the game. I think, I think he is coming back this week. He went back this week. Okay, great. Um, but, but in reality here, the Panthers have just dropped two of the last three, two in a row specifically. They need their, their star running back back. And it, it, it kind of serves the question for Atlanta's side. Did it even benefit you winning this game? Like, yeah, for, for morale, not losing the locker room, keeping the band together and stuff for, for that sake, but wouldn't it have benefited you to lose this game? Because you're probably going to draft a quarterback in this draft. So it begs the question whether or not it was actually, you know, worthwhile to get this W to, to get your second win of the season. Yeah, I mean, I see it, but nobody is going out there trying to take Oh Well, I, let, me, let me stop saying that. <laughs> people are doing this. People are but, doing that. Uh, with all the major changes that has been going on with the, with the Falcons, uh, you know they need they need a confidence booster, a little morale boost. Um, I could see them going out there like oh, we got to put it to them, get this win. Uh, you know because you know Panthers, you know that's a team that you know that ah you know we can get that off, we can get them off, and and that's exactly what they did. They end up winning twenty five to seventeen. Yeah, and the funny thing is the Panthers started so hot. Like, they were on fire the first couple weeks of the season. It's like, wow, they actually might be a contender. And making the NFC South even, like, more crowded. 
Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to see him reel back a little bit more. The Christian McCaffrey hole is clearly being felt right now. Mike Davis has kind of cooled off from a couple of few game yeah. stretches where he was yeah. dominant. Teddy Bridgewater is starting to show his flaws. 15 to 23, 176 yards, a touchdown and an interception. Average game from an average quarterback. That's what you're going to expect from now on. Do not yeah. expect late game heroics from Teddy Bridgewater. That's not who your quarterback is, Carolina Panthers fans. Just so you know, I'm sure you already do, but to emphasize that that's not who he is. Next game, which is a huge seeding game for not only the AFC North, but the AFC at large. Yeah. Pittsburgh remains undefeated at 7-0, taking down the Lamar Jackson-led Ravens 28-24. to Chris, I, but, but I picked the Steelers. Oh, you picked the Steelers? Yeah, you picked the Ravens. Don't talk to me like that. I picked the Steelers. I thought I thought I picked them. <laughs> you, have, you literally have uh, the helmet uh, no. behind I, you. I gotta go with I gotta go with the purple and black, baby. You literally, I was like, I was like, dude, you literally have the helmet behind you. you do not pick Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. I had to. It was going to be a game, and it was a game. It was a great game, to be honest with you. It was a. It was a. It was a nail biter. You know, Lamar Jackson. Uh, you know, but hey, Snail really Willie Sneed. Did an amazing job out there, man. He had five for 106 yards yeah. off of seven touchdowns. I mean, you have a seven, seven targets. Like, that's a really good game, man. Yeah, had, and, a, and a loss. All right. <laughs> yeah. That happens, but, you know, it's a part of the game, man. They came out there striking and, you know, Dick, uh, J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, they were, they were balling. Those two, those two running back, that that running back tandem right there was balling right there for sure. Definitely, and it just it was just not enough at the end of the day. Pittsburgh made some crucial stops, a lot on third down to really force this game in their direction. Um, but I do want to shout out one more thing too. The receiving core of Pittsburgh is just so deep and so elite in so many different ways. Juju Smith-Schuster led the day, seven receptions for 67 yards on eight targets. Eric Ebron, the coveted tight end free agent that went to Pittsburgh this off season. Four receptions, 48 yards and a touchdown on five targets. And the rising star himself, Chase Claypool, who they're now calling Mapletron because he's from Canada. Five receptions, 42 yards, and yet another touchdown off nine targets. Pittsburgh remains undefeated halfway through the year. And it begs the question if they're going to lose it all. Because this team's looking very, very good. I will say now they will not go undefeated. It's not, it's, not, it's not a hot take. It's not a cold take. It's not a controversial take by any means. Because to go undefeated is a very, very unique and rare thing. Yeah, you have and, to go against, you to go against uh, Baltimore again. So. Exactly. And, and, I feel, and I feel like even Cleveland plays them pretty close. They had to play Cleveland again at one point as yeah. well. Ben Roethlisberger, while he's shown me a lot this season and he's shown me he still has a lot in the tank left, mm-hmm. is still prone to make some, some bonehead decisions. He did it a couple weeks ago. He threw three interceptions a couple weeks ago in one game. Like, he will eventually drop one game. So, if Pittsburgh, if you're betting on the undefeated season, don't. Switch your bet right now. Go with the, go, go with the under because it's not going to happen. Um, I, mean, I don't know. They're looking good. The defense is looking, is looking especially good, to be honest with you. And, you know, Joe Hayden is out there still looking like Joe Hayden from, from, the, from Cleveland days where he was shutting down, court, I mean, shutting down receivers left and right and actually sticking his nose in there and getting a couple tackles as well on his own. So um, they're looking solid out there as, uh, at, at, uh, in Pittsburgh. And undefeated, you know, it's, it sounds like a long shot because there's a couple teams that you got to, you know, especially in division that you're going to have to go up against again. But um, overall, I, I, they have a good chance. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out to be a per se. I would just be a little bit wary. Gotcha. And you bring still up Joe. Got, still got the COVID tests and stuff going on. So right, you bring up Joe Joe Hayden. You brought up his Cleveland days, and a lot of people actually don't know this, but you actually were signed originally by the Cleveland Browns as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Did you go against Joe Hayden in training camp or something during Absolutely. that during that summer? How hard was he to, to shake? I know obviously it's hard because he's like five ten and you're you're obviously a bigger receiver. But what, yeah. going against Joe Hayden, what were your impressions of him just early in your career? Uh, that uh, I think it was more so of he was just a smart guy. He you know he paid attention to film all the time. Like even you know going through practice, which every day is a, you know you work on something different every day, but you know, just the little things of like certain routes that, you know, certain route concepts that you keep on running. He just picked up on it extremely quick. Um, I remember one time uh, I ran a comeback and he sat at 10 yards and did not move. Like I literally ran past him because the route was at, was at 18. I ran past him. He still sat there. I turned around. He picked the ball off. Like he was just waiting for it. He knew it was coming. He seen the play. And, you know, it, it it was it was a wild one. We had a good battle though, for sure. When I was out there, that's not on you. That's not like Cleveland Browns quarterback. If he's sitting down yeah, to basically well, cover two like low on uh, cover two front, and he just throws it right to you, like that doesn't make any sense to me. I wouldn't even I, make that throw. You know, you know, I'm not going. I'm not going. You know, I'm not going <laughs> shit on a couple of players. Who, who was that quarterback, by the way? Uh, Colt McCoy, Seneca Wallace. Uh, who else was there? I think that was it. To be honest with you, only two. Was was that was that uh? Wait, what year was that? Twenty for thirteen? No, eleven. Eleven. Um, yeah. Who else was there? Seneca called Brian Hoyer. Was he there yet? Brian Hoyer was hurt, but he was, he was on the team. Hurt, so I didn't. I didn't. We didn't. We didn't really. I didn't really see him much. Like you know, throughout you know throughout the time I was there, he was. He would come in and out, you know, do his treatment and stuff, and he would leave. I think he was just like coming off of surgery or something like that. Gotcha. But yeah, those are only those are only two that I can remember for sure. Elite uh, quarterback room. Seneca Wallace is a bad dude. Don't <laughs> let's, not, let's not hate on Seneca Wallace. Seneca Wallace is a good. No, he was he was second college. Like, he was just what credits do. He no, was he, before he, his he, time. He was sick in college. I'll give him that credit. Absolutely, he was dope in college. But I'm just saying NFL yeah. standards. Maybe not the best room in the quarterback's department. Yeah. Anyway, where else would you get this story? Stafford and Matthew's elite coverage of a subpar quarterback room and battles in training <laughs> camp. Like, where else do you get this? This is exclusive content. I love it. Yeah. Anyway, here, Miami and LA is the next game here. 28-17 final score. Tua Tagovailoa earns his first win as a professional quarterback against the Jared Goff-led Rams, who, by the way, stinks out loud. Jared Goff isn't good at football, guys. I've been telling you this for weeks. Yeah, he has a couple games here and there because he has an elite wide receiving room and a pretty goddamn good offensive coordinator in Sean McVay. But he's not good. He's not – Chris, he's not good at one thing in particular. His arm isn't overly impressive. He's not overly accurate. He's not intelligent, I'll tell you that. Doesn't have great pocket presence. Doesn't have great athleticism. What does he do well? What does he do? He game manages well. That's what he does. He's he's a glorified Teddy Bridgewater. That's what he Jared Goff is. He manages that well this time. <laughs> he literally went 35 for 61. 61. 35 for 61. Three, uh, 355 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. 
Like that's crazy to me it is for, crazy. for you to tell me that a guy has got paid a hundred a hundred million dollars, got a hundred million dollar contract, and is out here having games like this. Like I don't. It's just not good, bro. I'm 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 with you. I am with you on. He's not good trained. Like he's I not. wouldn't pick him from a can of paint. To be honest with you, like. <laughs> He is just out there on his own. I don't know what he's doing. But overall, let's just talk about the team overall. Like, I thought for sure that the Rams were going to go in and handle business and come home with a win. I think we like, both did. I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know what it was. If it's, if it's, uh, if it's the Lakers and the, and, the, and, and, the, and the Dodgers winning and – putting pressure on them. They feel like they have pressure on them. I don't know. I don't know why you even think like that because you still got the charges that is right down the street from you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that should be the first thing for your mind. But that's what it looks like. It looks like they're worried about it because these guys was not playing good. Like, I don't – what were they doing out there? I didn't I didn't understand none of it. Like, yeah, and, and it's not like – Yeah, nothing. it was weird because Miami, like, they, they've been playing hot as of late. They, they've mm-hmm. been on a good track for the last couple of weeks here. But to blow out a, a, a arguably top 10 team, 28-17, and make Jared Goff look silly in the process, and with a rookie quarterback, with Jalen Ramsey on the other side of the field, with Aaron Donald on the other side of the ball? Jalen wasn't playing. He wasn't playing. He, he, had, wasn't? he, had, he had an illness. He had an illness uh, before the game started. Um, they didn't. They didn't confirm if it was COVID or not, but they did say he had an illness, and he didn't. He didn't even show up for. Uh, he didn't go out for warmups. But uh, yeah, still, even still, like that's that's your time to shine. The next guy. I, I don't know who the next guy up is, but you know whoever that is, you need to. You know that's that should have been your time to shine against Miami. Like everybody knows that Miami is a stat game. You know, I, I'm not the. You know, I'm not the greatest player out there. I wasn't the greatest player out there, but. Nonetheless, I knew that, that, you know, what what type of game it was. And just having, you know, two, two out there, or he was 12 for 22, which he didn't have a great game. Let's let's just be clear here. I, I want to mm-hmm. make yeah, that's fair. crystal clear. He did not have a great game. It just wasn't even a game that I would say, hey, welcome to the NFL. Because <laughs> he didn't get no, like, he didn't get hit by Aaron Donald. You know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't throw no key picks. You know, he was throwing the ball actually pretty good. Like he was doing in in uh in uh Alabama with uh, you know the RPO throws and precision passing that he is known for. But uh overall it was just an average game. Like they didn't they wanted to manage they wanted to yeah, manage I mean, the game for real well because I'm pretty sure that they were thinking like, okay, Aaron Donald and the defense is out here. We need to manage this game a little bit for this rookie before he gets in over his head and then turns around and the defense, uh, Miami's defense is catching pick sixes and stuff like that. And, uh, returning fumble fumbles, uh, fumbles for, uh, uh, touchdowns. He's like, Hey man, all I had to do is just go out there and hand the ball off basically is. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, uh, put the nail on the head there. I mean, he only threw 22 passes. He did. He wasn't slaying the ball. I'll tell you that much. Um, and once you look at it that way, I mean, I think you're absolutely right here, but I want to talk about one thing. You mentioned the the hundred million dollar man in Jared Goff. Can we just talk about the quarterback controversy that is paying hundred millions of dollars of contracts to guys like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, who just aren't good. Even Jimmy Garoppolo, 
like the, we have to reset the market at some point. We have to because you're getting out of control and out of hand so so quickly. They're taking up roughly forty percent of that salary cap. Forty. Yeah, that's, that's unacceptable. Been, you can't. I've been, I've, been, I've been saying that for the longest, and nobody wanted to listen to me. Oh no, you can't do that. The uh, quarterbacks, they're, they're the best. You know, that's the best position on the field. Like, damn that, damn that. You you, you can't win like you that. Need to drop it because you need to have some more, have more money to be able to pay other players to come in who want to play for these quarterbacks out here. Exactly. Like, I'm pretty sure if you was to drop down, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's, which is my guy, I, I I'm for him, but you know, drop his his contract down and bring in some extra. Talent, you know, or to start. Why, like weren't, why weren't we? Where were we in a in a in a in a race for AB? Like that's what I didn't understand. Like our name should have been at the top of the list with all the injuries that we have. I don't think AB wanted to go to San Francisco. I, I know, but you, money talks. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like nobody's Fair gonna enough. pass up no money. Whole lot of money. A B whole lot of money, Mr. Money Man over there. Um, but yeah, great point, 100%. Miami takes a W, and Jerry Goff looks silly for the second straight week. Love seeing that. I, I love seeing that. Anyway, here, the Chiefs and the Jets. This will be a, this will be brief. Um, the Jets, <laughs> the, the Jets did exactly what they, it's comforting almost to have teams be this bad all the time. It's comforting because you you, yeah. you can count on it. It's something you can count on during your week to make you smile yeah. a little bit. I, I count that every week. I look to my roommate. I, I see him just frowning and crying a little bit because he mm-hmm. keeps losing over. And over. It's, it's a nice feeling because I'm not struggling alone because mm-hmm. the Patriots have lost so many close games in the last three, four, four, four uh, weeks here. I just look, I looked, I looked at Trevor and I see the Owen and record. I just smile. And I'm like, you know what? At least I'm not that guy. <laughs> at, least <I'm> not, <laughs> at least I'm not a New York Jets fan. That's what yeah. I said. Um, but this was, this was, this was expected here. 35, nine is the final score. One thing I do want to look into here, obviously Patrick Mahomes is a lead as always, 31 of 42, 416 yards and five scores. But one thing I wanted to look at, Le'Veon Bell, he had six carries for seven yards. Not a great debut. And receiving, I don't think he had a catch. Did he have a catch? No, he did. He caught a screen. He actually, he got three screens, three for 31 on three targets. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, it, obviously, it's the first week in the offense. You still have to get acclimated and everything. But, I don't know. Yeah. I was expecting more. It's the Jets. It's a revenge game. It's, like, the first time you're yeah. facing your old team. Like, I was, I was wanting some fireworks. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I thought they would have for sure uh, had some funky little uh, formations for him and, you know, let him get off against his old team who, you know, basically just sold him up the river. Uh, but, you know, it didn't happen. I'm pretty sure it's, 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 it's going to get better for him once he gets a little bit more comfortable with, uh, with the offense and, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the company. So I'm not really worried about that. Uh, it, it'll get better. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, I, I feel like you're probably right about that. Uh, Vikings-Packers here, a shocker, really. 28-22 final score, and the Packers dropped to 5-2. and two. And I really can't believe I'm saying this on air. Um, but Kirk Cousins, Kirk, Kirk Cousins just outdueled Aaron Rodgers. Kirk Cousins, <laughs> Captain Kirk, the, the well, choker, the choker, and not the joker, the choker, uh, Kirk Cousins. This is the thing. This is the thing. And, you know, I'm always for wide receivers, but it wasn't like Green Bay's wide receivers was doing anything spectacular out there besides, you know, David, you know, uh, Adams, you know, making his plays. Everybody else is pretty much subpar, like, Dropping balls, you know what I'm saying? Like it just didn't look good. 
and they were playing, you know, they were, it felt like they needed to do more because their defense was so bad. It was like, ah, you know, we got to make it play. You know, it's, it just felt like things were, you know, he was trying to force things out there and it, and it just didn't work out for him. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and I do want to just to have some clarity here. I wasn't actually serious saying Kirk Cousins outdoed Aaron Rodgers. It was a joke. He threw 14 yeah. passes. Like, just look yeah. at the stats. 11 yeah. for 14. This is obviously Dalvin Cook's game. 30 carries, 163 yards, three scores in the ground, and then led the way receiving for 63 yards on two receptions and a touchdown. Four yeah. touchdowns from, from Dalvin Cook. This dude is a bad dude. This is a bad dude. Top five running back or top three running back? You tell me. Uh, I give um, I give him top five. Top five. That's, top, uh, top five. Top, five. top three is ambitious. Five. Top three is ambitious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm an ambitious guy, though, Chris. I want. I want to say top three. I want to say top three. I see. I see. But he's yeah. he's definitely top five. But you know, it's it's. I just want to say this about Green Bay's defense. I don't think is that that they're just that bad. I just think that Dalvin Cook is just that good. Like he is a monster when he touches the field. I mean, when he's, when he's healthy, like there's no telling what he'll do, you know? And, you know, it's unfortunate throughout his career. He's had a couple of injuries just um, held him back from like, uh, for, to me, honestly, what it looks like he could have, like, like he could have still, even though as you know, his, his life, I mean, you know, his, his uh, tender in the league still goes on, but he could be having a hall of fame career as of right now, if he was, you know, if he wasn't hurt throughout the past years, like it could look like that right now, especially the way he's running the ball. Yeah, you're, you're not wrong, but the, the thing that you brought up it still worries me. The injury concern is very, very yeah. real for Dalvin Cook. Yeah. And, this, and guys, this is the reason, and a lot of you guys might be running backs, and I apologize. Actually, you know what? I don't apologize. Screw that. I don't apologize for anything. <laughs> this is why running backs don't get paid historically. Because they have a small shelf life. They could hit every single play. And they typically don't last as long as a contract warrants paying that amount of money. That, that, um, yeah. That's just how it works. The average running back life in the NFL is three years. Like, yeah. that, that's not a coincidence. They just get hit more than everyone else in the field. They get hit harder than anyone else in the field. And they just don't last as long. I'm sorry. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, are they exciting? Yes. Do they add a huge dynamic to your offense? Of course they do. Look at Derrick Henry. He changed the entire running game in Tennessee. Absolutely. Shoot. But in the in the league, period. In, in the league, period. Yeah, you're right. But this is why running backs don't get paid. Guys like Dalvin yeah. Cook, elite talent levels, but can't stay healthy. This is the exact reason why. This is the case study called the Dalvin Cook effect. I think um, I think they should start I think they should start changing up the uh the contracts for running backs when they first get into the league. Because you know you have to wait, you know, wait your time, play your five years out, and then let's see what you, you know, let's see what kind of numbers you're putting up. I feel like they should shorten that up for running backs, especially, you know, with the shelf life that they do have. I mean, I mean, if you're if you're if you're getting um if you're getting your money's worth, uh your money's worth from a rookie in his first three years. Why not after the first three, pay him the money and la- allow him to flourish even more? Yeah. So by the time, you know, year, years eight, seven, eight comes around, you know, you're not, you're not sitting up here worrying, you know, scattering around looking for another running back or debating if you're going to pay somebody or not. Like you might as well just go ahead and give up that money first, allow him to stay there and feel happy, feel like he's needed and keep it going and then once year uh six seven eight come around then you know make your make your decision from there 
And, and point taken, I think that's a very player-oriented type of view. And, and I would tend to agree with that. But I just think from ownership level, from GM level, they won't want to pay these guys on rookie deals still. Like third year is still under control most of the time, four years definitely. And even sometimes five years is drafted in the first round. It's becoming more and more uh, common to have a, a first-round running back taken in, in these drafts. So will the owners secede that point and just pay him a lot of money during his rookie contract? I'm guessing not. But I will, I'll, I'll raise a different suggestion. I think in the NFL, over the next few years, you'll start seeing more NBA-style contracts, adjustable rate contracts. You'll have more mm. option pay. You'll have a lot of different uh, flexibility with what years you pay certain guys. If Look at Christian McCaffrey's contract, right? It's, it, it's close yeah. to $100 million. Yeah. Maybe they'll be able to front-load that a little bit more, a little bit more flexibility with how they can do that. Maybe add an option uh, as to say, like, hey, I'll pay you $20 million this year and I'll give you a two-year opt-out or something like that. So something like you can play with a little bit more. Because if you start yeah. doing that more overall, more players, will, first of all, want to go to your team because it, yeah. it gives them a, a better ability to either succeed in your system or get out or get paid and then get out. It's mm-hmm. player-oriented, also, but it's also team-oriented. It's pretty much a gamble on both sides and actually evens the odds for players uh, as well as owners. So I, think it's, it's a, I think it's a worthwhile idea for the NFL to look into uh, for the NFLPA to, to legalize as well. So keep your eye on your eye on that. It's something to keep your eye on. And just, uh, well, I mean, the only way that's going to happen. That's the only way that's going to happen is if they start guaranteeing uh, contracts. Which they will. I don't, think that's, but, but I don't they, think that's ever going to happen anytime soon. But I, yeah, I, and I agree with you, but I don't think it's realistic to do that anyway. I mean, look at, look at the NBA. They got, they got fully guaranteed contracts, right? That's a significantly less contact sport. And even then, a lot of the contracts don't work out. And then you see guys in the yeah, NFL. Yeah, but if you're, you're telling me, if you're telling me, if you're telling me, all right, I'm guaranteeing you $10 million. Let's yeah. just say $10 million. I'm guaranteeing you $10 million and uh, an option to, to, to opt out after your, after your two or three years. Yeah. Rather than saying, hey, I'll give you – Thirty million dollars, but twenty-five of it's guaranteed, and you can't opt out. Like that, just like I, for me, I would take the guaranteed. All right, I'll take the guaranteed. It's shorter time, but it's guaranteed money. Uh, I'll go there for my two, my two, my two years, and you know, if that third, you know, if I'm feeling good after that that second year, and yeah, I'll stay for the I'll stay for the third for the option year, just you know, just just because I like the camaraderie that we done built together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, if if you, it, it, I would definitely take a guarantee, and 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 you would know that they're there. Like I'm committed to this team. If you start guaranteeing money. Yeah, I could definitely see that as well. I mean, I guess could, I mean, I agree or disagree, I guess, because I, I just don't think it's realistic for NFL players to get guaranteed contracts as much as the extent I would say as NBA players do it. It's just a drop. Yeah, the it, drop. That's yeah, all it is. I, I would agree with you there. That's fair. I, I, that's common ground, guys. This is how you debate in America. It, it's you. You go <laughs> nicely. This is how you get it done. So I'm just shouting out a specific person in the, uh, the political sphere. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, here the Colts and the Lions. 41-21. I was surprised. They blew the doors off the Lions. Phillip yeah. Rivers did specifically. What did you yeah. see from this game in general? And what does it mean, I guess, for the Lions moving forward, especially with Matt Stafford now going on the COVID-19 list for the second time uh, this season? Yeah, well, uh, I just want to say my boy David is just got signed onto the, onto the, uh, onto the team. He's a quarterback from Connecticut. Uh, we played together in Canada for a little bit. Uh, oh, Spindell? Yeah, he has an yeah. arm on him. You know what's like, funny? 
you know what's funny? I used to have an editing page um, a few years ago, and I posted this this uh, Stefan Gilmore edit, and Gilmore liked it. And I was going bananas. I was going crazy. I was like fanboying all over the place. And then David Spindell liked it, and I was like freaking out. He's like, oh, he's verified. He liked my post. I was freaking out. <laughs> I like researched the guy. That's kind of a that's a small world. Uh, but keep going. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. Uh, you know, shout outs to my guy, man. He's he's a hard worker. That boy throws the ball so hard <laughs> like it's, it's 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 ridiculous but uh he's a great guy but no um the Colts 41-21 like they they showed up and showed out especially uh especially your boy uh Jordan Winkins like he mm-hmm. came out there 20 attempts for 89 yards and a touchdown like, you know he showed out for sure Naheem Naheem Hines, you know, he was out there. He 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 contributed a little bit. And Jonathan Taylor, eleven for twenty-two. You know, these guys are a running back committee. They did, you know, they did their they played their part. I think personally is what helped set the set the tone for uh, Philip Rivers to be able to go out there and throw the ball. Definitely, and, and I think that's pretty much all you need to say on that game. To be honest with you, I mean, I think it was like I think Detroit just had a a, a bat down game, a bad yeah. game, yeah. Uh, and it just wasn't it wasn't pretty to watch either. And and what sucks about this next game, uh, it was boring as fuck too. Uh, 16, <laughs> 16 six final score. Vegas takes the win over Cleveland. Sixteen yeah. six. God, I hate that score. Is that is is. <laughs> Is that Scorigami? Has that happened before? You know what Scorigami is? Uh, no, for sure it has. For sure it has. It uh, has? I, I, I say, I want to say, uh, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't want to take too long trying to think of it, but I do remember a game just being so, so low in scoring. Maybe it was the Patriots. Oh, stop it. <laughs> Dude. I know. The funny thing is I bought into that for a minute. I thought you were actually going somewhere with that. <laughs> Shit. Okay. Woo. All right. Shake it off, Joe. That hurt. Hurt the, hurt the ego a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought I was smarter than that. Uh, anyway, here. A little bit. Yeah. Anyway, 16 6 final score. Derek Carr, 15 to 24, 111 yards in the score. Uh, my guy, Josh Jacobs, who was carrying my fantasy team. Thank you very much, Mr. Jacobs. 31 carries, 129 yards. Uh, should have had a score there, but I guess John Gruden doesn't like to pay you uh, in, in the red zone. Um, that's because he wants his money. Exactly. That's exactly what he wants. Um, and then Darren Waller led the way, receiving for five reception for 27 yards. Um, but this game was just so boring. Uh, Baker Mayfield continues to stink it up all over the field. Uh, this Cleveland team has quickly gone, in a lot of people's eyes, from contenders to pretenders uh, as they always will be with Baker Mayfield at the helm because you cannot give a better cast of guys to a player and have them stink it up this much you can't do it you can't do it like like outside of like say like the Chiefs maybe even Dallas uh when it comes to receiving core wise you really can't get better than Cleveland has and you're still sticking it up all over the field 16-6 against the Vegas Raiders is unacceptable in my mind the the Patriot the goddamn Patriots put more points up than you did against Vegas and they, <laughs> we actually won the game. So yeah. I mean, that's all I have to say about that game, but just, oh God, Cleveland be better. This just be, I, I, thought, I thought this was over. I thought we were done making fun of Cleveland. I thought this was finally like a year where you don't have to make fun of them anymore, but well, no, it's, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Ferris wheel. He just keeps on coming around, you know what I'm saying? Showing you a flash here or there. And then he disappears for a while and he comes back around, you know, it's, it's terrible. You're talking about, uh, uh, Landry four for fifty-two. Harrison Harrison Bryant three for twenty-five. David Njoku one for. David Njoku is 
a baller, bro. He's like, a, he's just like an he's athlete. A freak. He's just like, an if athlete. You've ever seen him in person? He looks like a white. Yeah, no, like, no, yeah. Chris, we're best friends. Actually, I saw him last week. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I didn't Man, see him in person. Like, dude is a freak, and we're not like what? A total of twelve catches and one hundred and twenty-two yards. Yeah, he's a monster. He is. He's a monster. But that begs the question: Where the hell is Hunt Austin Hooper? You're paying that guy a lot of fucking money. He's nowhere to be yeah. found. Nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Where the hell well, is he? Well, I think. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, was I don't know either. Up, like, where going. the hell is he? Uh, but I, again, Cleveland failing in the free agency market. What's the what? What are the odds that Cleveland fires their head coach? Um, whatever the hell his name is, the Minnesota Vikings offensive coordinator. Um, you think it's, it's high? It's like every year is a new court. It's a it's a new. And it's uh, funny because they're five coach. and they're five and three. It's not a it's not a bad record by any standard. But only yeah. Cleveland, only Cleveland get a coach fired at five and three midway through the have year. Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen um their quarterback jersey? Uh, what do you mean? So it's okay. So it's a store in Cleveland that I, you know, I, I visited when I was out there and they have a Jersey, a quarterback Jersey that mm-hmm. says number one stand, you know, for their number one draft pick quarterbacks. Tim and I'm, I kid you not. It is every name that they drafted in the first round and they got them X'd out. And it goes all the way down to the – it all goes all the way down the uh, one side of the jersey with every name. And then it's starting on the, uh, on the, on the right side. And it's a couple names on that side. And every one of them, first-round draft pick, uh, x out. Tim Couch, X'd out. That's my guy, though, Tim Couch. Shout-outs to you, bro. Actually, uh, this will be, be like a fun little mini game. Let's see how many games we can get. We'll have our, we'll have our new intern count this up. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. man. Um, I'm just like, they got they got He got to pull it up. Whoever it is, they need to pull up that jersey. Up. Right. Right. We'll have it above us or something. We'll have it right. It's yeah, about it's right, about us right now. Right. 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 Here we go. We'll go. We'll go back and forth. Whoever whoever loses first, that's that's the bet. All right. I'll, I'll go first. All right, Tim Couch. Uh, Johnny Manziel. Uh, Jake DeLome. Damn, that was who I wanted to get. Uh, Colt McCoy. Seneca Wallace. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, damn. Okay. Uh, Brian Hoyer. Yeah, you got me. That was my. That was my. That was mine right there, and I'm lost after that one. Uh, I'm gonna see if I can get going. Jason Campbell. Um, Colt McCoy. Um, Brock Osweiler. Damn, Brock Osweiler. Uh, Brock Osweiler, yeah, Brock Osweiler. Uh, I'm forgetting another guy. What's his face? Um, it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're a Browns fan as well. No, I'm an NFL Keep historian. Up with, keeping up with the Browns, huh? I'm, I'm an NFL historian, Chris. That's how I got my <laughs> job here. Um, I got one more in me. Come on, Joe, you can do this. Um. Garrett Gilbert, I guess he was a backup. Doesn't really count. Uh, yeah, Josh, I was about to say. Josh, Josh McCown, Josh McCown, yeah, Robert, yeah. Robert, okay. Robert, Robert, Robert Griffin third, RG three, Robert Griffin third. Oh, I'm on fire. Like, Robert Griffin didn't get drafted there. No, I'm saying he started there though. That was that's the whole oh, list. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I think it's just like starting quarterbacks. Yeah. That's all I have in me. That was pretty good though. I, I, that was pretty yeah, good though. Yeah, yeah. No, you uh, got you a couple off. You got you a couple off. Yeah, but uh, yeah, damn, that's that's tough for Cleveland. I gotta say, that's tough for Cleveland. Oh, and uh, obviously, I'm spoiled. You see this jersey, bro. You gonna you gonna be amazed as well. Like, Eagles I mean, I don't bad. I don't want to go to Cleveland like ever. Like, I'll go. To, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go to Cleveland. Like, will I ever see it in person? Maybe. 
well, I guess we'll go when we go to the Hall of Fame for our contributions to sports casting. I guess when we, had, when we end up getting inducted, we'll probably go there anyway. But it's Absolutely. whatever. But uh, <laughs> we're so cocky. Jesus. <laughs> uh, anyway, here the Bengals and the Titans here, thirty-one twenty final score. Joey Cool, Joe Cool, Joe Burrow, my man. It off. Takes down Tennessee in a shocking win. Giovanni Bernard is the star of the day with two touchdowns, one through the air and one on the ground here. Mm-hmm. But uh, honestly, Chris, I got one question. It's like, like what happened? Like Derrick Henry is supposed to run all over this Bengals defense. What the hell happened? Uh, they they didn't figure it out. They watched yeah. uh, they watched Pittsburgh, <laughs> which is a good <laughs> thing to watch, and they put hats on the ball. That's that's the best way to stop. Anybody, I don't know why. I don't know why they allow teams allow, uh, especially like new players to come in who's ripping the first three games and allow them to keep going throughout the year. When it's like we know the recipe. When somebody is balling, you put hats on the ball. If it's a wide receiver, a running back, a quarterback, it doesn't matter. Put hats on the ball. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be successful. Which pretty much is like what uh, with. Uh, what Pittsburgh did to the uh, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson just this past week. So um, they made sure they got to him, and that's what they did. That's what they did for your boy, and and that's and that, and, it, and it shows that it's a successful uh, ingredient to winning a game for sure. For our Madden enthusiasts who don't really you know know a lot of football talk, putting hats in the ball means engage eight. That's what it means. You yeah. just rush everyone. You rush everyone and make you Ryan Tannehill beat you. Not one person is it – can, it shouldn't be one person on the ball. It needs to be at least four or five people. You got you to at least, like, what one high safety, maybe two guys playing deep coverage on the sides. But that's about it. You're rushing everyone. You're going in on the run. And that's just that, – I mean, it, it'll, put, it'll put pressure on your DBs, though, for sure. So, you got you to pray that they can really cover. But other I mean, than that, yeah, I, it's, it's, I, it's, a, it's a good formula. I think it speaks volumes about Ryan Tannehill, though. That's the one yeah. thing I'm talking about, though, because it, this has been shown the past few weeks as the oh, recipe for success. What now, Chris? What did I do? I, go ahead. I just want to hear you. I just want to hear what you're about to say. Well, you stop me. You don't want to hear me. You just want to scoff at me. Yeah, because it, it, it messed me up because it already sounded like you was going down the wrong path of where I'm thinking about with Ryan Tannehill. Oh, I'm just saying Ryan Tannehill is the weakness of this team. See, that's what I'm talking about, Joe. Like, you just make stuff is Derek, up. Is Derrick Henry the weakness week, of this team? This last like, week, you were just talking about – you was just praising Ryan Tannehill. That's now, a lie. Now it's, back, now it's back down to – Roll the film. Yeah. I did not say that. I, I gave him his due credit when he has, when credit's due. I did the same thing with Baker Mayfield. Where's my notebook at, man? You can take your notebooks all you want. Go review Where's the film. bro? Because I wrote this stuff down, bro. This dude Chris, is a – he, he's been progressing – Every week since since this season has started, and you Chris. keep on you keep on shitting on Ron Tannehill, and he keeps on doing better. Okay, just yeah, because but you have a bad game doesn't mean that you just go back down to being bad. Like no, all. you just had a bad game. I've been consistent about this. I'm not a Ryan Tannehill fan. I've been consistent. I've I've given his due credit when creds do. When he throws four touchdowns, it's a great game. I say that on air. But I've been consistent. I don't think he's a great quarterback, and it shows in these type of games when Derrick Henry gets shut down, especially against teams like you know Pittsburgh, and he just can't win the game by himself. And that, that's acceptable to say. I think it's a normal thing to say, isn't it? Wouldn't you say the same thing? What's your I, contention I, about Ryan Tannehill? I think I think Ryan Tannehill is doing a great job out there. He's then why couldn't you? Then why he's couldn't you? Ball. You said oh, what? I said then why couldn't he win against Cincinnati's defense or Pittsburgh? 
you have bad games, Joe. Like, it just happens, bro. Like, it literally just happens. Corey Davis was, Corey Davis was 8 for 128 yards and a touchdown off of 10 attempts. Like, come on, bro. Like, you can't, you can't, don't, don't just sit up there and act like he's not throwing a ball or, uh, or, or managing the game. Well, it, Things just happen. You have bad games. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just had another bad game where I, I literally been talking about this, this guy as the best quarterback in the NFL, uh, in NFL history. And now he, I turn around and I watched him this week throw two balls in the ground. Like it was right there. He uh, threw two balls in the ground. You okay. have bad games. That doesn't, that doesn't make you, that doesn't just turn you, you don't just turn around and be like, all right. He's weak now. Like, no, that doesn't happen. You okay. have bad games. All right, point taken. But don't, com- don't you ever compare Ryan Daniel and Aaron Rodgers on the show ever again. Point taken, <laughs> but don't do that again. <laughs> I'll give you that one if I do not do it again. Um, next game here. And uh, all right, I'm going to be honest with you, Chris. I had a tough Sunday um, yeah. because the Patriots – I know a lot of stuff going on Sunday. Uh, well, first of all, I'm broke. If you guys didn't know, I'm completely broke. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have any money because uh, my loans were all in cash this year. I paid all my summer money out. So I have not. I have like 10 bucks to my name right now. Mm-hmm. Um, my car needs an oil change. We're 2,000 miles over, and it's 20 years old. So that thing's going to break mm-hmm. soon. Um, and then the Patriots lost. And we're in a pandemic, if you guys didn't know about that too. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm having a tough time right now. Uh, it's Sunday at least. 24-21 is the final score here. And New England's in a position to win the game for the second straight week um, in the fourth quarter. And, and even more so than last week, because now you get the ball, you're under a minute, you have two, I think, two timeouts left. You're in field goal range already, and you run Cam Newton four fucking times in a row, then he fumbles the ball. When you have a guy like Damian Harris right next to you, who, again, I'll say it again, he split carries with Josh Jacobs at Alabama for a reason. Yeah. It's shown to be an elite running back right now. He, he's had, yeah. I think, 300-yard games this season, and I think six games. Why not run that guy? If you're going to run the ball, run the guy that's actually winning you the football game. Like, I don't understand that logic from Bill Belichick at all. Actually, not Bill Belichick. I think Josh McDaniels is probably more to blame on that front in general. But it's like, dude, like, run Damian Harris. Like, just don't be stupid. I mean, I'm gonna, that's all I'm going to say. Bill's great play at the end of the game. You made the play. That, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, shout out to that defensive tackle. Who That was an athletic play by any standard. Any D lineman that can get around the edge of Cam Newton and poke yeah. that out, you have my respect. You do. Um, yeah, no. But just a, just a tough loss for New England, and um, you, you got to be better. You had the Jets on Monday. If you lose the Jets, I, I got a problem. If we lose the Jets, I got a serious problem. <laughs> hey, hey, if you lose to the Jets, maybe you need to put a Jets jersey on as well. Oh, God. Because <laughs> I'm still waiting for my, for my 49ers oh, jersey. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I was, I was no, I like. It's gonna sound like bullshit, but I swear to God, I'm telling the truth. I was at yeah, home. I was at home because I was selling a lot of my jerseys. Because, like I said, I'm broke, so I was trying to get some money for some of my jerseys. <laughs> and Terrell Owens is literally sitting right on. I have it hung up against my bed, like on like uh, a, a thing. I was like, why do I? Why do I keep looking at that jersey? I'm like, it's like, do I have to remember something about that? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. And then I drove home this morning for my class, and I'm like, shit, you just reminded me about it. That's on me. I wore. You know, I'll wear it at Thanksgiving. I'll, I'll do that. I'll wear it Thanksgiving. Um, that's a good one. I'll, I'll pose with a turkey as a concession, as a concession cool, thing for you. Cool. How about that? That work with that? Are we cool? Yeah, I'm with that. I'm just right. over here looking at uh, 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 Cam Newton throw the ball on the ground. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah. See, so you guys are gonna love this story too. So on, I think it was either Sunday afternoon or Monday morning, maybe. I got a text from Chris thinking, oh, probably we're talking about some logistics for the show or a guest or something. He was like, in case you didn't see this, and it's just Cam Newton fumbling on a kiff over and over again. <laughs> it's like you gotta be kidding me. You've been solving the wound, dude, and you're my guy. But like that was, that was so shit. That was so bad. Oh, that was so bad. Hey, I know that made you mad because I was like, oh my god, I can't <laughs> believe he did that. <laughs> On a Man, Monday, I know too, Joe was like, over there screaming at the TV. I was watching the game with my girlfriend. I'm, I'm like, we're, we're watching the game on our, on our bed or our couch or whatever. And I, the game, like the fumble happens. I just turn my computer off. I just like go, I go mute for like 20 minutes. I'm like in a fetal position. And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, no. I'm like, I'm, I'm not okay. I'm really not okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a, it was a tough bid for, uh, for the Patriots on Sunday, but two and five, two and five. And, um, and this might sound like biased to you, but they're not a two and five team. I mean, like you look at it this way, right? You're in a position to oh, win what the. Are they? What are they, Joe? Well, well, they're two and five technically record-wise, obviously. But I'm saying, in terms of playing ability, are they really a two and five football team? Let's look at the stats here. I mean, look at the Bills and the Patriots, right? They have a chance to win the game at the end of the game, right? And and granted, good teams don't turn the ball over one, and good teams execute in crunch time. So that, that's two strikes already. But they're in a position to win the game, right, against Buffalo. So that, that's already that, – that's fine, right? Moral victory week two against Seattle. You put up a great effort and you lose on the last play of the game, right? That's a moral victory too, right? So that, that, that's a close game with one of the best teams in the league, right? So that's, that's fine. That's a, that's a, that's a fine. You're losing on the one-yard line. If you want that, go ahead. Exactly. You would know all about that, wouldn't you? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Uh, that was a good one. Come on, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. That was uh, a good one. Anyway, uh, and then you have the Chiefs game where the Patriots, you know, keep the they held the six points, and you know, you have a chance with Brian Hoyer, mm-hmm. and nobody really saw that coming. So when you look at those three games specifically, it's like they're against pretty good teams with pretty good players. You lose by a small margin every single time. You're playing them close. Is it possible for New England to turn around? I think so. Is it likely, I guess, we'll have to wait and see. They still have to play two games against the Jets, one more game against the Bills, another game against Miami, who's red hot right now. Um, but at 2-5 in the division, they can still stick into a wild card spot, especially with the expanded AFC and NFC uh, playoff format coming into effect this year. I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the playoffs squeak in as the second wild card uh, against all odds. But, I mean, just keep, keep the faith if you're in New England. Don't, 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 don't quit like, yet. You sound like a Cowboys fan. Like, oh, we, we really should be... We really should like no. I don't want to hear it. Like you're losing. You're two and five. You lost to the Bills. Who the Bills is going to end up taking over that division and and being the and being the lead horse for years to come until you come up with some better talent or some better coaching. One of the two. I feel like it's a mixture of both. To be honest with you, I mean, I'm looking at Cam Newton right now. He's, you know, he's still running around, still looking youthful, youthful, but. Uh, throwing the ball in the dirt, you know, plays is not going the way that it's supposed to be going. You know, you're running stretch plays when you need to be running downhill with, you know, with uh, with uh, uh, Harris. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just it's just too much. It's too much going on right now. They're they're not they don't look like they're the Patriots that we're accustomed to seeing. Who who's always in sync. Definitely. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with the COVID opt-outs. A lot of team captains like Patrick Chung and Dante Hightower aren't there. Brandon Bolden as well. There's your locker room leaders that kind of set the tone and set the culture for a lot of these teams. And now you look at it, right? Bill Belichick, in a very anti-Belichickian way, 
has been polar opposite of what he's been in the past 20 years. We've had sloppy penalties. You've had delay of game. You've had 10 men on the field on defense multiple times during the year. You've had holding penalties. You've had games that shouldn't be – or not games, penalties that should not be happening to a Bill Belichick-led roster. So it begs the question, this year done, it could be – but don't cut him out just yet. That's, what, that's all I ask. Don't cut him out yet. And, you, and, you, and honestly, Chris, you should not kind of Bill Belichick ever. Ever. You should never do it because they've, done, they've been doing it for the last 10 years. And look what happened. Three championships. Yeah, with Tom Brady. Agreed. Fair enough. Fair enough. Hey, they won 11 they went 11 and five with Matt Castle. The only team in 11, 11 and five in NFL history not make the playoffs. I'm just saying it's possible. I'm just saying it's possible. Okay. That's, all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Anyway, here, the Chargers and the Broncos here. 31 30 is the final score. Denver beats out Justin Herbert in the Red Heart Chargers. Drew Locke has that's now it. beat Cam Newton, Justin Herbert's two out of three weeks. Wow. That was my impression. Just, just wow. It was a high-scoring game. And I really thought the Chargers were better than this. I don't think Denver's defense is anything to write home about anymore. I don't think they're that hallmark defense you saw in 2013-2014. I was just surprised. What were your impressions of this game? And, and what does it mean for, I guess, Justin Herbert's stock for Rookie of the Year? Uh, it, definitely, it definitely hurts it. But uh, I feel like, you know, with the rest of the season, is, uh, you know, with the rest of the, with, with the, rest of the season, He's gonna uh, he's gonna put up some numbers. It's gonna help solidify his rookie of the year uh, candidacy. But uh, overall, I mean, you know, I, I knew that Denver was gonna come out and uh, you know make some plays because you know they're they're a team who who they're a team that you know if you leave them around, they're just gonna find a way to get the you know get a win. You know, they're gonna sneak out with a win, and that's exactly what they did. You know, I don't I don't I don't I don't necessarily blame Justin Herbert. You know, he. He showed, you know, he showed what he could do. He's still a rookie. So, you know, going for 29 for 40, you know, for 47 is not, you know, that's not great, you know, but he threw for 278 yards and three touchdowns and had two picks. Um, you know, that's, you know, he's just a guy who's just learning. Um, it was a tough game for him, but I knew that the, I knew that the Denver was a type of, like I said, it was a type of a team that, you know, that fights is a scrappy team. And if you leave them, you know, leave them in the game, they're going to find a way to win the game. And that's exactly what they did. Most definitely, yeah, yeah. Um, just a very interesting game, and not with Joe Burrow taking home that W against Tennessee of all teams, and a very handedly victory there. Thirty-one twenty was the final score here. It was on a close margin. We're starting to see the rookie of the year, you know, candidacy start to bottleneck at the top with Herbert and Burrow going back and forth. Yeah, I really wish they played. I don't think they do. I wish they played. Maybe they see him. I mean, of the very, very, very off chance you see them in the playoffs together, but uh, I don't think that happens anyway. But just keeping it out there, it might be the next good young quarterback rivalry in the NFL. You have, no, Lamar, you have Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Maybe now you have uh, Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. That'd be kind of cool to see. Anyway, here, the 49ers and the Seahawks, uh, 37-27 final score here. Um, first of all, haha. Second of all, um, <laughs> DK Metcalf might be the best receiver in football. Yeah, yeah, he might be. He might be. He might be the best. I say might. He might be the best receiver in football. Yeah, I don't know about being the best receiver. He's on his way to being one of the best. I would receivers. say he already is one of the best. It's just hard, bro. I've been, uh, you know, just looking at Twitter and and hearing all these, you know, these in these enthusiasts and analysts and all these people talking about like us, uh, Midcalf. <laughs> You know, oh, he's the, you know, he's Megatron. Two point, like, first off, like, let's not get it twisted. Calvin Johnson was in a class of his own, yep. for sure. 
I've never seen anybody get double teamed at the line <laughs> during an offensive play. Like, not at the With, line. You and, catch them down the field. You put a man over the top. Put a safety over the top. You put the DB, um, you know, be, you know, behind them. You you try to bottle them in, but no, these guys literally, the Saints actually put two guys on 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 Calvin Johnson at one time, trying to stop him, and he still scored. He's jumped over two or three defenders just to get a touchdown or to get a first down. Like, it's Calvin Johnson was a animal. But D.K. Metcalf, he's good, though. Like, he's good. I'm not going to take anything away from him. D.K. Metcalf is a phenomenal player, uh, especially, you know, for his second year going in. Uh, he's showing he's showing great strides in being one of the best. But just calling him, like, Megatron 2.0, that's, that's, that's a bit disrespectful for me. Like I, I like I looked up to Calvin Johnson for sure. Like, yeah. That was one of my guys. But uh, yeah, no, nah, not that. That's not uh, him. And especially, and especially your guy that you named that that's uh that's in Pittsburgh, Claypool, mm-hmm. called him Mabletron. Like no, that's well, not that's, that's, I, I think that's more of a play on words than I don't think it's I don't yeah, think it's, I don't yeah, think it's comparison I don't directly. Play on words when it comes to people like that. Fair enough, fair enough. And I'm actually don't, you don't hear nobody going out there playing with uh Jerry Rice's name or or Randy Moss's name. Like you have to actually do something to get Randy Moss's name even added to the sentence. Well, I mean, like when you look at it that way, I mean, like Jerry Rice's nickname is just the GOAT, right? I mean, he's the greatest receiver of all time, bar none. And then Randy Moss is the freak. You can't really pun that, but you can pun Megatron. So just keep that in mind. You can, you, I mean, I think it's more about the language than anything. Hard, man. No, I but I agree with you. But I, I, will, I will say I agree with you there. Calvin Johnson is in league of his own. And to give some insight here, Chris, you, first of all, you played tight end in, 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 in high school, right? Mm-hmm. And you guys are roughly the same size, 6'5", mm-hmm. roughly like 230-ish, right, when you guys are playing. And just for reference, guys, Chris was an NFL receiver for a long time. He went to a Super Bowl. He dominated in a Super Bowl. Chris, what was your 40 time? 4-5. Four, 4-5. Five. Four, five. Calvin Johnson ran a fourth fucking three. Yeah. At the same size. That should not be humanly possible. That literally should not be happening. And the only reason people draw those comparisons between Calvin Johnson and Megatron is because DK Metcalf did the same thing. That's the only reason why. Because me- the measurables are similar. And you, you can't deny that they're similar. But in terms of, like, jump ball ability, Calvin Johnson will always have that title. The one play I go to is the Bengals. Yeah, they had okay. one guy in the line press. They had, they had two zone stages over the top. Matt Stafford chucks it up. He catches a Hail Mary and ends over three guys single cover. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. He will never be matched with that. I'm with you 100%. He never – he never but, – but, but Calvin Johnson didn't get Megatron until, he, like, his fourth, fifth season in the game. Like we're already trying to give this guy this tie. I mean, this 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 tag in his second year. Like, yeah, no I know doesn't. he's doing good. I know, no like, trust me, I know he's doing good. I have him on my fantasy, and I love him even more on the Seahawks helping out Russell Wilson. But not at your your second year. Like that, it yeah. just sounds to me. To me, what it sounds like is we got to have something to stir the pot for everybody. Let's just stir the pot and allow people to start, like us, to start talking about it and, and, and cause a commotion. You know, I, I, like I said, I like him a lot. DK Metcalf is bar none one of the best in the league right now. But giving him that title is not going to come out of my mouth. 
Yeah, it, it's just funny. You, you say like people and you say that Twitter analysts, like that's us. But that's, that's basically who yeah, that, that, that's yeah, us. Yeah. That's us. It's fine. We, we admit it at least. Like it's fine. Um, <laughs> but DK Metcalf on the day, 12 receptions on 15 targets, 161 yards and two, two scores. And, yeah. and, and for the umpteenth time in this podcast, he's bigger, stronger, and faster than you. It, it doesn't matter what corner you are, what safety you are, it, it, bar none across the board. He will have all three over you, and that should not be happening by any standard, any measure of the game. That should not be happening, but it is. And he's just a freak of nature. So, uh, And one thing with the 49 before we move on here, Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle go down, both go on IR. George Kittle breaks a bonus foot. Jimmy Garoppolo goes down again with yet another injury. I think it was his knee. I'm not really High sure. High ankle sprain. Okay. I've heard some rumors around that you actually alluded to it earlier in the year, or earlier in the episode, I should say. That San Fran's considering dumping Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in the yep. offseason because of contract. Um, and I actually I heard a rumor to mill around New England today because I, you know, I'm connected a little bit. Mm-hmm. And the Patriots are interested in bringing back Jimmy Garoppolo, bringing Jimmy Garoppolo home. I, th- I think it makes sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. Maybe like a two year con- or like a one year prove it deal or something like Bill Belichick's, you know, prioritized uh, in past years. That could be beneficial to both sides. And even I would argue. Uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo would be even a better fit to stay long-term with New England because you look at the stats here, and, and the reason why San Francisco even gave a second-round pick in the first place is because Garoppolo showed a great knowledge of the offensive system in New England. Granted, they had a lot more weapons at that time. Edelman was in his prime. Amandola was still balling. LeGarrette Blunt was one of the best power running backs in the NFL. Underrated part of that dynasty, by the way. Underrated. Yeah. LeGarrette yeah. Blunt, Blunt Force Trauma, that dude was a beast for us. Yes, he was. Beast. Uh, people don't talk about that enough. Uh, he had Gronk, still he had Chris Hogan. It was a deep roster for him to work with, granted. Mm-hmm. But still, it, it speaks volumes when you have the ability to, to, to understand and, and produce in one of the most complex systems in, in football, period, bar none. That's what the Patriots have. Absolutely. And I think, that, and I think that's one, one of the reasons why they're willing to bring him back in because he's, he understands uh, the work ethic that you need to, to be successful in, this, in, the, in that offense. And, you know, he learned from one of the best, you know, a guy that you guys are hurting for right now, Tom Brady. Uh, just having him out there, I don't care if it was for a year, two years. Like, it would be way better than, you know, what's going on right now. And, I, and it's hard, you know, it's, 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 it's sad to say that because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Cam Newton. I really thought, uh, at the beginning of this year that he was going to come back uh, with a vengeance and have an MVP type of a career, I mean, type of a season, but it's just not panning out that way right now for him. Yeah, not, not, not as of late, but who knows, again, maybe a comeback, but not MVP comeback, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, anyway, you never know, I guess. You're right. Sunday night football uh, stunk. Cowboys-Eagles, 23-9 final score. Ben DiNucci makes his first NFL start uh, for Dallas. Andy Dalton, not only is he concussed, but he has COVID. That's a double whammy that I've never seen before. I, I, can't, I can't lie to you. Um, but, I mean, it goes the way you expect. Philadelphia takes care of business, moves to 3-4-1, leading the division, which still doesn't make any sense to me. The, <laughs> N- the NFC least is on par here. Um, but even so... The Eagles almost lost this game. A lot of the time in the first half, especially even, even the third quarter, the Cowboys had a shot to win this game. And yeah. Carson Wentz just did, did not help himself at all. Uh, he's continuing his, his just very, very average year. He's had some up and downs. He's had some roller coaster performances. He's gone really high in some regards, very low in a lot of regards. Um, not all his fault, obviously. Um, his offensive line is obviously giving him a lot of a trouble. Sacked six times in three different games. That should not be happening to anybody. Huge um, problem. 
huge problem. Um, but does it excuse what's happening in their offense? I would say no. I think the majority of the blame is on Carson Wentz and whether or not he can actually figure it out remains to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, Philadelphia's in the driver's seat. What are your impressions from this game? Not that it really, I mean, to be honest, there's not really any impression from this game for me. Um, but maybe what it affects the NFC East down the line in terms of seeding. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not really sold on, on Philadelphia. They never, they didn't really show me anything, especially with the two picks that, uh, you know, that Carson went through. Uh, it was, it just, it's just, it's just, it doesn't make sense for me personally to see somebody like Carson Wentz who everybody was comparing him to to uh, J- uh, uh, Joe Montana and you know all these great guys which is a, like goes back to my point again about DK Metcalf and giving him the tag of Megatron like you giving these dudes like like these kids listen to this like they register this in their head and it goes in their head and they're like okay now I'm bigger than who shot John? You know what I'm saying? Like that stuff really matters. And when you're playing that and you're putting that in their head, then this you come up with games like this, like like Carson Wentz's hat. Like even though you know he was hurt, you know he you know he's he, he's been hurt a couple times, especially one traumatic injury uh, that nobody wanted to see. You know with him, uh, but it's just been a lot of highs and lows, man. And it's mm-hmm. it is not it's not something that I would pay somebody a hundred million dollars for. But, you know, they did that and they got to live with it. What, what, what are they? What? Three, Three four, four, one. One? Like. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're winning. And Dallas is two and six. You if know what winning. I'm saying? Like, they're right there. Yep. Fair enough. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. The whole, the whole East, the whole Eastern uh, Conference, period, period, is just hard to, to fathom, to be honest with you. Definitely. I agree with you there. Uh, you talk about paying him $100 million. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to be in a position to pay a guy like Carson Wentz $100 million? To be that rich, just throw that money in the garbage. Wouldn't that be so nice? That'd be so nice. Yeah. I mean, shoot. I'd take it. <laughs> I'd take it, too. I'd take it. Anyway, uh, shout out to Chris's daughter, by the way. I don't know if you can hear in the background. Um, final game of the week here. Monday Night Football, Giants and Bucks. Final score, 25-23. Tom Brady takes his sixth victory of the NFL year improves to six and two on the year here. Brady throws a couple touchdown passes. Actually, Daniel Jones had a pretty good game in his own right against one of the elite defenses in the NFL. 26 or 25 of 41, I should say. 256 yards, a couple scores, but a couple uh, interceptions that ended up costing him the game here. Typical young quarterback trying to take over the game, trying to do too much for his team without a run game. Ended up costing him. Um, But exciting game. I think Tom Brady has a lot of respect for Daniel Jones uh, moving forward. I think Bruce Arians does too. He talked about him glowingly after the game here. I have one thing to say about this game. Only one thing at all. Was that pass interference at the end of the game? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. I would I'm say saying. so, too. I would, I'm but, uh, right. All right. Here's a sep- I have a separation here. You agree with pass interference, mm-hmm. but do you agree with the no call? Yes, I do. I do. Because, okay. like I've always said before, you know, you never want to put it in uh, put it in the referee's hands. And that's something that I've always been taught. And I'm pretty sure it's being taught, uh, you know, universally around the NFL. And, you know, things like that happens. But uh, for me, for me, honestly, the player of the game for me is uh, JPP. Like, that guy was out there 
causing a ruckus. Now, granted, it was the Giants. I understand that. But nonetheless, they're all professionals. And he showed why he is one of the best uh, defensive players on that team, uh, especially with a limited amount of fingers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was, like, was going to say the nine-finger wonder right there, JPP. Yeah, yeah. Like the guy, the guy shows is why he's one of the best in, you know, in the NFL. Um, he, he stood out the most to me. And I was trying to pay attention. Uh, I wanted to pay attention more to Gronk and, you know, see what he was going to be able to produce that game. But every time I look at it, he just showed up. And it was especially one where uh, Ronald Jones was uh, – not Ronald Jones, but uh, – Wayne Gallman. Name. Say it again. Wayne Gallman. Wayne Gallman, yeah. he's catches a screen down the left side of the field in, J, in JPP rushes the quarterback, turns, swim moves an offensive lineman, and saves a potential first down what could have put them in position to, uh, you know, to, to, to get in, you know, to get in position to, to, to win a game. But JPP comes in and dives, makes a tackle, saves the first down, and they're off the field. Like, that was, like, that was something to me that really stood out to me um, and made the game, you know, changed the game in his own aspect. I miss the honeycomb thing he used to wear. He, he used to, he, yeah. like, earlier in the year, he used to tape it up, make it a club kind of after his yeah. finger got blown off. And he was doing it as like a, like, like a beehive looked kind of like. He was yeah. just swimming around yeah. with that thing. It yeah. was fun. I want to bring that back. That'd be kind of cool. He kind of <laughs> took it off. Um, uh, that wraps up week eight for Stafford and Matthews here. Uh, teams on bye for the week were the Cardinals, the Washington football team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Houston Texans on the week nine already almost actually now officially over halfway done with the NFL year. First of all, thank you guys for listening so far, halfway through the year. Absolutely. We appreciate that a lot. Thank uh, we're much. gaining traction. We're getting a lot of attention. It's exciting. Uh, stay with us. A lot of big things on the way, a lot of guests on the way. We actually had a last-minute cancellation today. We're supposed to have uh, Matthew Judon of the Baltimore Ravens on today, but unfortunately, he's on the COVID-19 list. Could not participate in the interview today, uh, unfortunately, but maybe we'll have him on soon within the next week or so. Mm-hmm. Week nine, NFL season. Here we go. Here we Thursday go. Night Football. And I wish everyone was healthy for this game, but they're not. The Packers and the Niners, rematch of the NFC Championship game from just a year ago. I'm going Green Bay because there's not a shot Nick Bowens outduels Aaron Rodgers after losing to Kirk freaking Cousins. That's all I'm going to say. You know, this always pains me to see this. My Niners is always going up against somebody who I know is good, you know? But Green Bay's defense is – hurting right now and I'm pretty sure that that's going to be the main focus for this game this week for the 49ers uh so I don't care who's back there Nick Mullins he's going to be a great game manager hand the ball off and I see it happening right now uh Hasty probably comes out with uh two touchdowns this week so I'm gonna go with the Niners I'm sticking with the Niners I love free wins. They're my favorite present ever. They're <laughs> awesome. I love it. We'll see. We'll see. Panthers Chiefs here. Uh, Kansas City. I mean, this is just shouldn't be a game either. Casey takes this W easily, Absolutely. even if Christian McCaffrey comes back. Absolutely. They're, they're taking it. And even if he does come back, he's not going to be healthy enough to make the plays that he was making before he got hurt. So it's not going to be enough. I'm going with Kansas City. Definitely here. Uh, for some reason, my phone's all over. Here we go. Baltimore and Indianapolis, both five and two, surprisingly, and definitely two different types of football teams. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting dynamic, whether or not those two will mesh together or mesh against each other, whether or not it'll be a shootout or not. I'm going with Baltimore here because I cannot, in my good right mind, pick Phillip Rivers to outdo Lamar Jackson. I can't do it. I'm going. I'm going. I'm, go, I'm actually going to go with Indy on this one. Uh, it's a couple. It's a couple reasons why. One of them mainly is because uh, Marlon Humphreys is on COVID. Uh, Matthew Judon is on COVID. Pretty much their whole defense is on COVID restrictions right now. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to go with Indy uh, uh, pulling this game out. Fair enough. Giants and the Washington football team. Oh, God. Why did they yeah. give us this game? Like, they, like why? Hey, hey, I'm going to Washington right now. Washington? I'm going to Washington. I'm going with the Giants just, just for shits and giggles. For shits and giggles, I'm going with the Giants. I think Daniel Jones actually played a good game against Tampa Bay against an elite defense. He did. He did. And, and you know what's not elite? The Redskins defense. I'm going with Daniel Jones and the Giants. <laughs> not, neither is Green, uh, the Giants. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, I mean, oh, oh, I mean actually, no. I mean, I guess you're right. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Of course. that's fine. Neither one of them is great. Here we go. The Bears and the Titans. Ah, oh, this is going to be oh, so happy. I'm going with the Titans here to blow the doors off the Bears, show how fraudulent they are at 5-3. and three. I cannot wait to watch this game live. I'm going with Tennessee. Yeah, this is going to be a hard game. I think that uh, the Bears' at offense is actually pretty good against uh, a subpar defense uh, with the Titans. Um, and then it also depends on is Derek is Derek Henry coming out to play? Uh, that's that's the that's that's the, that's going to be main question. And is the and is the defense going to be able to stop him? Um, I think I might go with the Bears. I'm going with the Bears. Okay, Lions Vikings here, and Kirk Cousins is hot off of a a win against Aaron freaking Rodgers, a big divisional win I will say as well. And then he plays the Lions without their starting quarterback Matthew Stafford. No brainer. I'm going with the Vikings here. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the Vikings as well. Kenny uh, Kenny Galladay is hurt as well. He's questionable, so I don't know if he's going to be 100 percent to play as well. I'm going with the Vikings. All right, we got next in the docket. Why does my phone keep doing this? I got a new screen protector. It's messing my whole day up. Uh, Texans and J- Jaguars here, both on bye last week, um, and this shouldn't be a. Cl- I don't think it's going to be close either. I'm going with Houston here. I think Deshaun Watson continues to ball. He has the past few weeks here, and our guy Randall Cobb. Yep. I think two touchdowns this game. Ooh, that's plug number three. Uh, Literally, I'm going to Houston as well. I think they're going to come out uh, balling this week, uh, keeping everything going. Seahawks, Bills, 6-1 and one versus 6-2. and two. Mm. And I really wish this game was earlier in the year when Josh Allen was hot. This would have mm. been a phenomenal football game. I'm going with Seattle. If the Bills were going to lose to New England before a, a game-clinching fumble, there's not a shot Seattle is even close to this team. I'm going, I'm going with the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm going with the Seahawks as well. Seahawks is just well is, is a well-oiled machine right now. And, uh, they, you know, even though the Bills is coming off of, a, uh, you know, coming off of this win, uh, it's still not going to be enough. Definitely. The Broncos and the Falcons. Three and four versus two and six. The Broncos are red hot, but the Falcons have won um, their last bout against the Carolina Panthers. Tough call. But I'm going to go with Denver because I do think that Matt Ryan will choke the game away. Dang, I thought we was going to separate right there. I'm going with Denver as well, man. I just told you. They are a scrappy team. If you put them in a position to where they're hanging on to the game, they're going to find a way to win. That's 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 been their whole model this whole season. So I'm going with Denver. 
And this is the Stafford and Matthews guarantee. You can Drew lock this game up. Oh, I hate myself. I hate <laughs> yeah, myself. Let me leave that to you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, here, the Raiders and the Chargers, 4-3 and three versus 2-5. and five. I'm going with Herbert. I think he's pissed about losing this game against Drew freaking Locke and the Broncos. He goes back with a vengeance here. And the Raiders really had a cakewalk last week against the, the Browns. Only six points scored on the board here. I think they come out throwing, hucking the ball downfield. I think Keenan Allen has a tremendous game. I'm going with L.A. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Keenan Allen's going to have a great game, but I'm going with Vegas. Uh, Vegas, to me, they look like they're a team that's uh, still itching to, to, to find that streak uh, go, uh, to go for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, cars, you know, especially uh, Derek Carr, he's, he's a guy who's a, little bit, who's a little bit more feistier now. I don't know if that's because of John Gruden. Uh, he wants him to be like, be like him, you know, things like that. But uh, for sure, I'm going with Vegas. A rematch of one of the best rivalries of the 1970s and 80s, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-0 and and 2-6 and respectively. Uh, it won't be like old times. Pittsburgh's going to wipe the floor with them. It's going to be bad. That's easy. And they stay undefeated again for another week. More yeah. than halfway through the year undefeated still. So keep an eye on that. It's not, it's not a long shot. Nope. It's not a long shot. Arizona and Miami. Closer hmm. than people realize. Because yeah, Kyler Murray tends to play poorly against bad teams, which is interesting. He like plays down to his competition almost. Mm-hmm. I have to go with Kyler Murray and the Cardinals just for fantasy reasons. But if it, don't be don't be surprised if Miami actually makes this a football game. No, I believe it. I believe it. I believe Miami is going to make it a game for sure. Uh, are they going to be able to stop uh, you know stop the passing attack? I don't know. You know that's something that they that they've been hurting hurting with. Uh, you know. You know, the run game is amazing, which is something that's not amazing for uh, the Cardinals. So I think the passing is going to be the bigger part of the, of the, of the fight. So I'm definitely going to go with the Cardinals. An early rematch, or actually an early rematch. Actually, that's fine. An early rematch of an earlier game this year. The Saints and the Buccaneers, 6-2 and two and 5-2 and two, uh, respectfully here. Antonio Brown's debut is expected to be on Sunday Night Football at 820. Should be a great game. But I think the Bucs walk away with this game pretty handedly. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bucs here and Tom Brady. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because I was just watching. I mean, I was just looking up some stuff uh, on ESPN, and I found this quote that uh, Bruce Arians has said about uh, uh, Kamara. And he said, uh, he, he said, I coach Marshall Falk. And this guy is scarier, talking about Kamara. So it lets you know that he is, mo- he is most definitely trying to stay focused on that defensive side uh, for his team more than his offensive side. This, this, and it might actually work for him because he has so many weapons on Tampa's side that he might be able to focus a little bit more on that defense because Kamara is lighting it up over there. But I think uh, Tampa will pull his game out. Respect to the guy who actually coached him. Yeah. But this is not a shot he's better than Marshall freaking Falk. Marshall well, Falk's a first ballot Hall of not, Famer that yeah, carried one of the greatest better. offenses in league history. There's not a yeah, shot. Yeah, he's not he's better, better, but he's scary, though. <laughs> he is for sure scary. He he's is scary. He's, he's Marshall be- Falk-esque. I mean, I guess the same type of guy. You just let him Siri for me. Um, but I, mean, he, I guess he's Marshall Falk-like in the way he can affect the game on both passing and running levels. Yeah. But I don't think he's in the same conversation. That, I, mean, I guess it's kind of getting off topic anyway. But yeah, I just got, think – he, he, he has time to figure – for, I mean, for, for us to, to, to determine that. Fair enough. 
Monday Night Football. Patriots Jets, classic rivalry. Two and five versus zero and zero and six or zero and eight. I mean, God, <laughs> uh, I'm going with the Patriots. And if, I'm going with uh, the Jets. Oh, Jesus. Um, Where, where's my president hat at, man? I need to start supporting my team out here, man. If, Jets, um, let's go, baby. If uh, the Patriots lose on Monday Night Football and I don't show up to class or the show Tuesday. Um, look, look at my closet. I might be in there. Um, I don't, really know, uh, I, I don't know what to do. I, I just, I won't, I don't know what to do. I, I, I will not know what to do. It's going to be a real nail biter. Like that's, the, that's, that's, the, that's the, that's the funny part about it is and they have the team Patriots. You guys have the team, but it's still going to be a nail biter. You're going to find some way somehow to put this game in the hands of the referee and it might end up going for my team, the Jets. Let's go, baby. I might take a bye week from the show next week to avoid the backlash <laughs> if they lose. I might just oh, – I might, just, oh, I might take the bye week. Uh, anyway, <laughs> week nine, Stafford and Matthews wraps up here. Our predictions are on the table, laid out. Um, and like we said, we are getting all of our new social media stuff out very, very soon. We are hiring a new one. Me and Chris will be doing interviews uh, sometime this week, I'm sure. We have a couple of candidates in mind right now. Um, so if you look on the horizon for that, a lot more social media interaction, a couple more Instagram live appearances, and just being more interactive. We want to talk to you guys. We want to be involved with you guys. Absolutely. So just keep your eye on that um, as well. Shout out to our sponsors, always, Boss's Big Three Shop. Uh, a lot of great content on there, as always. A lot of new designs on the way. Ty Miller Design, shout out. Actually making some character designs for, for Stafford and Matthews, making some caricature designs for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they look pretty dope, too. Yeah, he's not done yet, but they look, they look pretty good. So maybe we have that on some, some apparel soon. It's going to look dope. It's going to look dope. Uh, but anyway, Chris, any final thoughts? No, nah, man. Uh, yeah, man. Just uh, keep checking this out on, you know, on all streaming platforms, Spotify, YouTube, uh, uh, iTunes. We're all, you know, we're everywhere, man. You know, we're just trying to branch out and show the world that, you know, we also know football as well, and uh, we're taking it by storm. And the world might be noticing with some little insider information right there. Stafford and Matthews, living at that. No more. We're not talking about that. Stafford and Matthews, episode nine? Nine. Episode nine in the books. We'll see you guys next time.